0: I bring you greetings from Bishop Bruno and from Bishop Taylor and from the entire diocesan staff. We're here to help you in any way we can, and I'm so grateful to be back here again with you all. I was here, I think, two years ago. I had so much fun. I've been looking forward to this visitation a lot, um, and I knew it came uh, come extra early so I could get in one of those spots over in the parking garage. It's by the elevator because it's wider because um, I'm, I'm in a rental car, so I'm like, I don't want it to get that. So, so it's nice to have some kind of background when I come. You know, the, the first reading that we heard this morning was just so full of joy, wasn't it? And then the, and then the, the gospel reading, you know, it's like, ooh, what do I do now? Um, so I don't really want to talk about that too much. All right? You're with me? But I want to tell you a story because the the readings over the last couple of weeks have been so wonderful about talking about the fact that everything we have, everything we are, everything we do is a gift from God and it's a gift that's meant to be shared. Everything we have, everything we are, everything we do is a gift from God and it's a gift that's meant to be shared. Now, I say this to you because a few weeks ago, I had the most amazing week-long experience that I want to share with you some highlights of. Is that all right? So I'm going to spend some time telling you a story, but I I will try not to be boring, and I will try not to go too long because I will apologize now in advance for the length of time it's going to take me to confirm 14 people, all right? If you were with me the last time I did this, you'll know I pray over everybody separately, so it's kind of like halftime at the Super Bowl, <laughs> all right? All right, so just bear with me. So at the House of Bishops, the, now the House of Bishops meets in the spring and in the fall every year. The spring is only for the bishops, the fall we bring our spouses, and so my husband Steve got to come with me. And we tend to go to dioceses that maybe have some struggle. Uh, last year we went to, to Michigan and we got to go up to, into Flint, Michigan, and hear about the water crisis there firsthand from the, from the people that live there. This time we went to the Diocese of Alaska because it's the largest diocese in terms of area that we have, but in terms, it's, a, it's also a very poor diocese, rich in natural resources in the land, but there's, there's a lot of poverty. And um, all along, we learned, all along these certain rivers, the Yukon River and one other, especially um, in, in Alaska, all of the villages over a hundred years ago were converted to become Episcopalian. So they're all Episcopalians. <laughs> all these indigenous peoples along this, these rivers are Episcopalians. They might only see a priest once a year, but they have faith. They have lay leaders that are strong. They pray every week. It's fabulous. So if, you, if you've ever been to, how many of you have been to Alaska? Okay, a a few of you, so you're going to know some of what I'm talking about. So, a couple of the chiefs from the local tribes came to greet us and to welcome us to the land. Now, the organizers for the House of Bishops, I don't think, understood what that means, because that kind of welcome is not like a five-minute hello, how, you know, we're glad that you're here, you know, there's coffee in the hallway. No, it's not that. It's they have to tell you about their land. They have to tell you about their family. They have to tell you who they are. And then they welcome you to the land. And it, so it was, instead of about 15, 20 minutes, it was an hour and a half. But it was wonderful because one of the chiefs started by saying to us, in Athabastian, our language... Our word for God means the one on who we depend. Our word for God means the one on who we depend. And I thought, that is so wonderful. What an image, the one on who we depend. What if we depended on God, right? We're supposed to, but we've lost that part of this, part of that part of our faith. And then another chief said, "Um, we have and we live in this pristine environment, and God provides everything that we need. The moose, the caribou, the salmon. We have everything we need. We have enough. What more could we want? I thought that was fabulous. I was just so full of love in my heart for these people and their life is hard. Their life is hard out in the villages, especially where there's ones where you you have to literally fly in. You can't, there's no roads out there. And the bishop there flies in and sees them, as do priests. So, but then it happened. The most wonderful meal experience I think I've ever had in my life, and I want to share that with you. Is that all right? All right. Has anybody here that went to Alaska, have you been to a potlatch? Or even if you weren't in Alaska, have you ever been to a potlatch? Potlatch, P-O-T-L-A-T-C-H, potlatch? <coughs> well, it's where tribes gather together and they have a common dinner. And it can be over a death, it can be over a wedding, it could be for any one of a number of things. So they decided to host a potlatch for the house of bishops and the spouses. So remember, there's, there's over 200, 220 of us, bishops and spouses, gathered right? And there's about 100 to 150, maybe 200 of them. So they took over the community center at Nainana. And um, when we got there, there was one long table in the middle. Long. L-O-N-G. Long table. (laughs) Long table. And it was full of this food, right? So you could see, I could, you know, some of it was covered with aluminum foil. I do not have x-ray vision. I didn't know what it was underneath there to begin with, but I saw the stuff that was covered with um, saran wrap. I saw, you know, there are some salads and other things. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then another chief came and talked to us, and he said, you know, there's a couple of things you need to know. Um, The potlatch can't start until the soup comes in, and there's a whole ritual around it. The soup coming in, there's dancing, there's singing. It was beautiful. Now, the way they had the hall set up I thought, how are we going to eat? You know, I'm always trying to solve people's problems. How are we going to eat? Because there was only one big table down the middle, and then there were like rows of chairs, so, and the chairs were facing each other, right? So it would be like, you're sitting this way, and I'm sitting this way across from you, right? And there was rows that way, and there was these sets of rows where people were facing each other. And I thought, well, this is going to be interesting, because how am I going to put hold soup on my lap, right? But never fear, there's always a way. And so <clears throat> the other thing, so the chief told us that, and then he said "He said, you need to understand a couple of things. In our culture, you don't become a person until you give. You don't become a person until you give. And I thought, wow, I have some teenagers that need to hear this. <laughs> I have some adults that could use a little refresher course. And then he said, uh, and, and I knew this from working with um, indigenous peoples here in LA. Whenever they gather, they give from their first fruits, they give their best. Even though they might not have much, they give their best. Not what's left over, not the dregs, they give of their first fruits. Just like God gave us God's first fruits, God gave us God's son. They practiced the same thing. So they slaughtered the biggest and best moose that they had because it was moose it was hunting season. Well, we were there during hunting season. And then some of the guys and some of the men and some of the young boys were still out hunting. But they slaughtered the best moose that they had for us. And I can tell you right now, no part went unused. So all of a sudden, um, they talk about it's the, the soup is coming in. So um, young men had to carry in these big vats. They were like this wide you know, and this high. There were big vats of soup. So one young man on each side, because it's heavy, one person couldn't do it. And there's drumming and there's singing and there's dancing as the soup is brought in so the potlatch can start. And you're served only by the young people. Nobody else serves you. It's only young people. And the way they set the table was, you know those big um, big things of butcher block paper? You know, like in school, you get those, or at some restaurants, they pull them off and they put them on top of your table so you can color, you know? So, so here comes a, a young man with this big roll of butcher block paper. He comes running down one side of this aisle facing, and he, and he gets to the end, and he cuts it off, and he comes in, he's the other side, and he's coming up here, and he cuts that off, and they go running through the rest of the place, setting the table on the floor, floor, F-L-O-O-R. Floor. And so, so they have the floor, they have the, and then so another young person came behind and put the plate and the, the bowl and the knife, fork, and the spoon. And as the soup is, has, was coming in, I noticed these guys bringing in these big boxes, like cardboard boxes. I'm thinking, I wonder what's in the cardboard box. But God answered me right away because <laughs> the young people that came and was, were ladling out the soup, then right after them, the young men came with stuff from this, in this box, and you know what it was? Moose steaks, big things. It was like, you know, kind of like Fred Flintstone kind, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was big. I just dated myself with that reference, didn't I? I did. You younger folk might not know Fred Flintstone, but talk to an older person. So, okay. <clears throat> and the, the chief also said to us, you cannot refuse anything that's put on your plate hello. All right. Can't refuse it. And nothing goes to waste. That's what we were told. So I ate every bit of that soup. And one bishop leaned over and he said, Diane, what do you think that's floating in there? I said, <clears throat> I think it's brain. <laughs> and because it, it turned out it was moose head soup. See, no part goes unused. Moose head soup. I thought it was pretty darn good, really. A little greasy, but pretty darn good. And so I ate the whole thing. I ate it, as we would say in my house, all gone. Now that moose steak was too much, I mean, it was, you know, because by the time they got done distributing all the food that they had, all those salads, your plate was like this high with food. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. I mean, I might be chunky, but I can't eat that much, All right? (laughs) And so I ate what I could, because they said, don't worry. And within each section, there were, there were elders placed with us. So all the bishops were interspersed with all of the people, uh, all of the members of the tribe, and then elders were intersp- interspersed in specific places. And I couldn't figure out why some of the elders had like a whole series of to-go containers until we got to the end of the meal. Because you see, they can't hunt anymore. They can't hunt, they can't fish anymore. And so they rely on others to feed them. And so all of the leftovers, and there was not a drop of anything that wasn't given to an elder, would be all collected. So including, like most of the bishops didn't eat all of their soup, they did not pass the clean cl- plate club test, right? And so, so their soup got dumped into a big ziplock. And so all the soup would be dumped into a big Ziploc, sealed, and given to an elder, right? And they're like, one one bishop said to me, Diane, because I'm the the bishop in charge of multicultural ministry for this diocese, so they think I know everything about everything. (laughs) And so yes, I I can speak four languages, but that's not one of them. Anyway, so and I said, well, what's the rule? Remember, I I said I spent a little bit of time in India. If you boil something, it kills anything. So all they're going to do is reheat that to a boil. And if there's any germs or anything in there, it's going to be gone. And you're feeding somebody. This is, this is beautiful. I said, just because we don't do it this way doesn't mean it's not right. And, they, and they're like, okay, Diane. It's like, like, I'm supposed to be the expert, right? And so, but what struck me was, and this is even including, you know, pieces of meat, salad, everything went to the elders. There wasn't one thing that was thrown away. Everything was given. And it was a beautiful moment because everybody had enough, because everybody there became a person at some point in their life. Everybody gave. And I've, I came away from that thinking to myself, Lord, how can we That live outside of that indigenous culture, take on that sense again for us, of you being the one on who we depend. Understanding that everything we have, everything we are, everything we do is a gift from you, and you want us to share it. How can we do that? And I thought, sharing the story of the potlatch is one way to say, you know. We may not have a lot, but it will always be enough if we come and live with a sense of great generosity and abundance in our own lives. It's been true for me, and I was so glad to see that reflected with them. It was one of the most beautiful religious experiences eating a meal I have ever had in my life, and I will never, ever, ever forget it because my life was enriched and somehow changed for the better that day. And that's my prayer for all of you, to have that kind of insight, that kind of experience, knowing that everything you have, everything you do, everything you are is a gift. And all God wants you to do is share it. Amen.